baby, come on in here. Welcome to the cookout. <laughs> hey, cookout cousins. How you doing? Hey. I just have one question, y'all. Who made the potato salad? Is that the new girlfriend? cousins how are y'all doing we know y'all missed that it's been a few weeks but we're back it's your girl bar hey friends it's Zaina. i really missed y'all what's going down what's up what's going down what's up i want to learn how to talk like you hey y'all <laughs> <laughs> ratchet <laughs> ratchet one-on-one hey cousins mm-hmm. it's ty missed you guys too miss bringing you all the drama and the heat Yes, come on, heat and listen. I'm excited for this episode. We got some really good topics to cover, and I think it's gonna be a little bit lighter. But you never know with us, because I think it can always go. I mean, I'll go with that real quick. You have three <laughs> educated people. Just things, things happen. Things run. <laughs> things run. Mm-hmm. It happens. All right, happens. so let's go ahead and get on started. Uh, so Zaina, who's gonna be joining us this week? Oh my God, I'm so excited. So for the invites, first things first, I really want to invite Mayor Brandon M. Scott. He is very, very good looking. I'm trying to be respectful of our politicians. Because <laughs> what, really, what I really want to say is, you know what I'm saying? If you got any openings, let me know. I can, you know, head back to the DMV. It ain't no problem. Oh, what grounds are you inviting no, him? He is exactly. very attractive, very attractive, but that's not the reason why I am inviting him. Although I'm not above it, let's be clear. I'm, inv- okay, so what did he do? I'm inviting him because if I'm not mistaken, he is the youngest mayor that Baltimore has ever had. Mm-hmm. He is a mm-hmm. black man. He That is true. That is he true. is rocking full facial hair, not the full beards as we've been seeing that's more common amongst the men, which I appreciate. Keep that coming. But he's rocking Mm -hmm. nicely lined facial hair and he's rocking this fro. It's nice and shaped up and it's just giving me black amazingness. I'm trying to get out of saying black excellence because I feel like we internalize that to be be things that are inhuman or inhumane for us. But I think that it's giving me Oh, and that's him, fine. baby. I love how you did the quick Google search. Mm-hmm. Oh, you. Yes. Okay. Now, y'all, we cannot be debasing I know, his I know. accomplishments and oh, accolades. Oh, no, I think as a black man, like, y'all. As, you know no, that no. problematic His accomplishments it, are so. it, 100%. I, I, that is the basis of why he's coming. Mm-hmm. I do think that he's very nice to look at. Okay. Very easy on the eyes. Okay. <laughs> Barbara is right. We're okay. gonna, I've already shared my thoughts on his attractiveness physically. <laughs> but seriously, inviting him because he's the youngest mayor Baltimore has ever had. He's also a black male. Um, and he plans to mm-hmm. prioritize working to end gun violence, restore the public, tr- public trust in government, and change Baltimore for the better. And I don't know what the better means, but I 
am interested to see what he comes up with. Baltimore is a place that really needs some really good leadership, especially from people of color, especially from yeah, young people. There's been a lot going on. There's always a lot going on, but I think that this could bring in some really good fresh air. Also, let's keep him lifted in prayer, whatever God that you pray to, whoever you believe in, let's like send positivity and light his way because he's definitely going to need it. Um, Baltimore is a very black city, but also we know that he'll be going mm -hmm. to other places that won't be like Baltimore, right? So we want to make sure that we cover him in all the grace and all the mercy because it's going to be an uphill battle for sure. So I just wanted to invite him because I was like, this is dope. I love this. If you haven't heard about him, please look him up because he's amazing. Amazing. Second, mm -hmm. I want to invite Yami from the Red Table Talk. If you not have, you have not have, what am I saying? If you have not, words have been hard. If you have not seen the clip <laughs> from the recent Red Table Talk where, oh, now I'm forgetting her name, Olivia, Olivia Jane? Jade, Gooley, Yeah, Jade. Jade. Olivia Jade. She is the daughter of Aunt Becky from Full <laughs> House. That's the best way to explain it because I feel like her name alone, or maybe a lot of our listeners may not oh, know it off top, but Aunt Becky from mm -hmm. Aunt Becky from Full House is her daughter. Um, mm -hmm. Aunt Becky, I'm gonna keep calling her Aunt Becky because that's her name. Aunt Becky and her husband are currently in prison and they're serving. I think she, I think she's serving two months and I think he has four. Whatever she has, he got double, which was interesting i don't know all the details to it anyway we're not here to discuss the t that case what i want to do is invite gammy because when olivia J came on gammy was very vocal about i don't think that she should be here i'm not sure why she's here like what are we about to talk about um and i feel like that she was like i feel like this is just the ultimate um example of white privilege especially within white women because she's at a table full of black women talking about you know what was me and not to minimize the situation that happened because I do think that she is a victim in some light but at the same time I fully understood where Gammy was coming from and Gammy read her for Phil baby Gammy read her for Phil she did it in the she definitely did Very she did it in the most respectful way that you can read a I think she's I think Olivia's 21 a 21 year old white lady I think she did that the best way she knew how but she was not lying no. she was not lying and i know that barb you have thoughts about the gammy read could you please share those thoughts because mm. i want to hear them uh, i do i do have thoughts i agree that it was interesting that that was the platform right. or that platform was even given to them to discuss mm -hmm. their personal experience but i do agree kind of along the lines of what you said zaina that we also can't minimize the experience that her children are navigating. And while we understand the systems at play that disproportionately affect uh, marginalized groups of people in those same situations and how sentencing occurs uh, and the leniency mm -hmm. that's given, um, I do think that it doesn't change the fact that there was a lot of confusion she experienced sure. finding out that news, how she was treated amongst her peers. And I think mm -hmm. for any 21 year old, it is hard. Um, while the Red Table Talk might not have been the platform for her to discuss it, I don't think we should minimize her experience navigating her parents' atrocities. So, it was a both and. You know. Both and. I got this from my friends both in ends. grad school. It's a both yeah. and paradigm. You remember when I told you that the first time, Barbara, mm -hmm. she like never let it go. Y'all can't see me, but I'm putting my 
two pointer fingers together along with my middle finger and it's like a both hand <laughs> paradigm and when by the time you get to the m in paradigm you, your fingers need to be touching because that's how we do that mm-hmm. um shout out to my friends but yeah i just i thought it was so interesting and with gammy she said something that really made so much sense to me she was just saying like you're gonna be okay like you're gonna be fine right this is a tragedy this is something that is rocked you and it's gonna change your life forever and it's changed your your family's dynamic and your family forever but also wow you're rich you're white you're fine you're gonna be fine (laughs) just off those two things alone Mm -hmm. right rich white and you're a white woman like these are the things that are gonna make you be okay and so Gammy saying that mm-hmm. and, and Jada was absolutely like, well, I think this is a platform that we should open up to her. We want to hear diverse thoughts. And Willow, you know, Willow with the, <laughs> right. she, yeah. and she stopped doing it as much <laughs> as everybody's been talking about it. She doesn't do it as much as she used to. And it's so funny because it didn't happen until everybody started talking about it. Neither here nor there. Willow was kind of in between, like, I hear what you're saying, Gammy, but also I hear what you're saying, Mom. And it was just an interesting conversation. I did not watch the full interview because I feel like it was not a good use of my time. But I did watch the Gammy clip, and that's all I needed to know. It was just interesting. I encourage the people to go watch that because it's just, yeah. Anywho, next on our invite list is Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer is always invited, always has been invited, like never been revoked. And I just don't see that happening, knock on wood. She's just amazing. She's such an authentic person. I've been a fan of her for so long. Yeah. So genuine. Mm -hmm. She is originally from Chicago and she always talks about how no matter how much money she has made and how much fame she has achieved, she still looks at herself as a Black girl from Chicago who grew up with um, poor parents and in, in a certain environment and that's how she comes to the table and I just I really love that about her because it you know keeps you humble but I'm bringing her to the cookout because she's recently went viral from talking about PCOS she's recently went viral from talking about her experience with PCOS and if you don't know what that is, I really will not butcher it because I think I'm going to get it wrong. But it is, oh, Barbara, tell me, do it. Say it nice. Put it together. You're going to be able to say I'll, it. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes. But tell the people what it is. So polycystic ovarian syndrome is basically if you have an imbalance when it comes to some of those hormones in your system, you end up with an increase in androgens. Um, and because of this, you deal with things like excessive hair and like male and, and typical male growing patterns. So like beards, mustaches, etc. Um, it also leads to unruptured follicles that kind of line your ovaries. Um, and this can lead to infertility, uh, tubal pregnancy. So ectopic pregnancies and a lot of other long-term complications, making it difficult for women to conceive. See, that's why you have a doctor at the table always. They're gonna say, they're gonna say the thing, but she's went viral from mm-hmm. talking about her experience with that. She gave a lot of really great information. Um, she talked about um, some of the side effects of having that condition, which one of those um, is is acne, extreme extreme acne, um, and it's just so interesting how many spaces are now talking about um, PCOS that wasn't talking about it before. I actually saw this picture on Facebook, which really pissed me off. And it was this guy and he, I forgot what he said, but he pretty much posted a picture of Kiki 
um, you could see her face, could see her acne scars and all those different things. And he was like, it's females like this that be wanting the world or something he said like that. And I'm just like, first of all, you have no idea what you're talking about. Also, I was about to say something rude. You can go sit down, actually. <laughs> you can go sit down. Kiki can come because she was so open and I loved it. And she started a lot of conversation amongst a lot of women a lot of black women as it relates mm, yes, to this condition and she pointed out a lot of symptoms that even I didn't know so it made me think about it more so Kiki come on to the table baby come on come on to the room last but not least I want to invite Sasha Obama I just want to be her friend I just want to be her friend and I feel like I'm not like <laughs> bad enough to be her friend but I like I would really like to be her friend she just seems like she's out here living her best young adult life so many people are putting her in comparison with her parents because her parents, uh, her, her dad, of course, is Barack Obama, a politician, first black president. And then her mom is amazing lawyer and done all these different things within the community and with youth. And it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like your parents is one thing. So they expect you to fall underneath that, whatever that is, whether your parent is um, somebody that's in the church or somebody that has achieved X, Y, and Z. Everybody expects you to do those same things. But I just love how she's just out here living her best life. She's had a picture that went viral again of her just like with a crop top and hair looking good, makeup <laughs> fine. I just am into it. So Sasha Obama can come to any cookout that I'm hosting, period. <laughs> those are my <laughs> invites. Ty, please tell us who is not invited because I'm really interested. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. Now I'm really interested. Now I'm looking. Why? So Why? first, I want to preface this with saying, listen, mm. I love couples retreat. I think Faison loves character. Um, if you've ever watched a movie, I think Faison loves character um, that and how they detail, like, you know, when you get to a certain age and when marriages break up and what's like, you know, it was very real. I think he was the one who exhibited kind of like that midlife crisis when he went with the younger girl or whatever. But he's hilarious, right? If you listen to Ludacris, you know it's phase on love on the intro of Freaky Fangs. You never... I had to Google because I don't know who phase on love is. Um, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, What's something um, he has been in that's really... Now, now, now that I've seen Friday. him, now that I've seen him, I know okay. who he is. Okay, yes. now you know who he is. So he, he did these things. Yeah, yeah, okay. Great. So it's is what? Okay. Go ahead, Ty. You're finishing. Go ahead. So there's something he's a hater. Yeah. Oh. What's going on with so here's the thing. Um, and I, I, I think he's falling into that trap of I am no longer a thing, so I need to become a thing. He sat down with Vlad, had the audacity to say the drugs, the the that whole drug thing that's happening uh -huh. where rappers killing each other and all that, all of this essentially is the fault of Jay-Z because Jay-Z presented himself as living like a drug lord, drug dealing lifestyle. Then he went on to say that um, in actuality, Jay-Z never led that life. He was just sitting there eating chips. He was a puppet. It was his homeboys who were actually doing things. Now, if that don't sound like a hater to me, come on y'all, come on. And here's the thing. I. I'm a Jay-Z fan. I'm, I'm biased because I'm a Jay-Z fan 100%. Um, I do think he was living a certain type of life. But granted, if, it, if that wasn't true, if he was just a puppet, puppet cool, but to say that what's happening now is his fault, I'm sorry. He wasn't the only rapper who was living that life. So how dare? Like what, what, right. and so why is it now? Um, and this is coming 
on the heels of he's now suing uh the universal I was just yeah. about to bring up that, but I feel like that has really good. No, it does. Like, that's the one thing. I'm not going to negate the the inequities that happen in Hollywood. I think there is something there. I am curious as to why he waited this long. Okay, let's catch Barbara because I don't think Barbara knows what we're talking about. Do you know what we're talking about? Todd, do you want to talk no, no, to this is your this is your realm? Do you want to explain the case? Um, so essentially, uh, phase on love. If you could correct me if I'm wrong, sorry, I'm getting ready to sneeze, um, and it just won't come out. Uh, but Faison Love is suing Universal because he was removed from like the posters and like initial media for it. But he's saying that because <laughs> of that removal, like uh -huh. it kind of short circuited his career. He was not given as much money, like all of these things. So in in um, international for international uh, uh, publicizing of the film, as you probably are familiar with, when movies go um, out of the United States, they often change their marketing tools. Sometimes they change, um, if there's black um, lead actors or actresses, they'll take them completely off the marketing or they'll put them in the back or they'll minimize it. And it may be like the person who's the main person in the film. And so that's what happened with this, um, with Couples Retreat. On what film? For though? Couples Retreat. Okay, with Couples Retreat. So Faison was, of course, one of the main um, characters in the film. And the marketing that was given out as far as like posters and things that was out for the United States was not the same when it went into other countries. And so I think he found out about it around that time and just was like, okay, this is like really effed up, but it's fine, whatever. What brought it to light, I was listening to another podcast, which is the only reason why I know this. And I'm pissed because I'm so bad at like remembering things. But there's another film of a black male and the same thing happened to him. And it was a pretty big film. I feel like now I need to, I'm gonna circle back to it because now I'm, I'm probably gonna try to look it up. But it was another film of uh, a black male, one of the main characters and the same thing happened to him when the film went overseas, uh, the, the marketing was completely altered to make it seem like he was a smaller character or wasn't in the film altogether. And so he spoke out about it and Faison Love's ex-wife talked to him about it and was like, this happened because you never spoke out about couples retreat and you should have said something then. And so he was like, now I feel like I'm cornered. Now I need to do something about this because I could have done something different, right? And when it comes to, I, you know, I wish he had said something earlier. There's plenty of things in our lives where we're like, man, I should have spoke up then, but I did because of X, Y, and Z. And so I feel like better late than never, um, and it, at a minimum, even if he doesn't win the case, which I hope that he does, because it was that president precedent, I think that it's bringing more light to a lot of the inequities, like you mentioned, Ty, in Hollywood. So, all that to say, he's not being uninvited because of that lawsuit. Inequities in Hollywood, there there is merit. Right. I want to uninvite him for being a hater, Whew, but that's bad. Um, this next one, it's the swinging of the hair for me. <laughs> This next one, um, I hate to say this because this it's gonna be sound very sexist, but he acts like a bitter baby mama. Chris Dales, we just don't need him to ever come. I can't just say he's uninvited for this week. I think he should not ever be present. So Chris Sales was married to Queen Naja. I'm looking at Barbara's face as she's trying to look up these names. She's oh. absolutely googling. Y'all, <laughs> they know that I don't know these people, and they stay talking he about. He was people married to Queen Naja. Uh, they, you know, broke up. Um, there are there have been talks of there have been uh, allegations of assault, all these things. 
as of late, he took to making some real shady comments when Queen Nigel bought her new boo a car for his birthday. But also, he was on the ground oh, posting videos. Right. I guess one of his homeboys was playing one of Queen Nigel's songs. It be your own boys. It be your own boys. He's, she, he's sitting here playing Queen. It be your friends. Sir, simmer down. Simmer down. Your ex-girl is hot. He, you are not. He's the one that did right. her wrong, Simmer though. down. Simmer down. Go find somebody to play with. I also, <laughs> I also want to make the correction. Like he's acting like a bitter baby mama. No, he's acting like a bitter baby daddy because that's what he is. Let's call it what. Let's call it what it is, right? Is. Like we, yeah. Mm. I had another term that came to mind, but yeah, um, bitter, very much so. <laughs> Thank you. Same. We Thank got the you. same term. <laughs> um, and so for this last <laughs> round, y'all. Cousins, I'm just going to speak my piece. I will put it out there. These may be some unpopular opinions. Before this round, we're going to talk about dishes that people can okay. bring to the cookout. I like a good dessert. Okay. I actually like banana pudding. Okay. But one thing we're going to do at this cookout, we're going to normalize banana pudding with no bananas in it. Okay? I'm tired. I'm Period. tired of being attacked when I say I make Girl. it with no bananas. Period. I don't like bananas. Because... How do you That's have easy. you get the banana cream the same way you have strawberry and you mix it with the chestnut cookies? Uh-huh. I don't get it. Yes, the same way you have strawberry cake right. with no strawberries. It's all flavor. Thank you. Period. Honey, banana pudding with the extra cookies. Thank but you. honey, I make a bomb banana pudding like the cookies that you use. Thanks, are... thanks, girl. And it don't have no nasty ass bananas in it. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for all right. the- <laughs> For the next, yeah, I got a question. So, when I'm thinking about this, because I'm making spaghetti tonight for my husband, how y'all make y'all spaghetti? With sugar or no sugar? No sugar. Sugar does not belong in spaghetti. I don't put sugar in my spaghetti either. Okay. I don't support that. My best friend does, though, and I hate it. I do think that, you know, tomato sauce is bitter. So, I usually get like a sweeter tomato sauce. And like that kind of helps to give it more flavor, but I also will season it up. So if I get like a bland tomato sauce, then I'll just add the seasoning that I want in there. So I, yeah. Y'all can bring spaghetti to the cookout mm-hmm. then. I just needed to know. I was going to evaluate this friendship based on that answer. Just, yeah, I needed to know. You had me, look, you had me on edge with that banana pudding. So I was like, if Ty says she finna put some bananas in his banana nope. pudding, I'm finna block her now, right now. <laughs> Well, y'all can go ahead disgusting. and block me because I eat bananas and banana pudding. Mm-hmm. Cousins, I'd love to and, hear and y'all fine. input. That's fine. If, if your team's high and Zayna with these no bananas, I guess. let me know. Dr. Barb is on her own with this one. And if your team, if your team Barb with putting bananas and things called banana pudding, let us know too. You know, these girls are strange. That's fine. <laughs> Anyways, how, how about we get into some of these dialogues? Y'all ready for this? For this week's foolishness, I mean, because <laughs> foolishness it is. So, uh, I want to start with this clip that went viral. I still have not. You don't want to see that clip. Um, we're we're gonna play some of it. We're gonna play some of it. Um, it. This clip that went viral, and basically, it's a dating consultant who is known for giving advice to men and women about matching with potential partners. Um, and this particular clip went viral um, for a multitude of reasons, one being people feeling he was harsh 
um, rude, disrespectful, et cetera, problematic, uh, and how he spoke to this black woman. So why don't y'all give it a quick listen? I honestly want a six-figure guy. Uh, is what I'm realizing. And ma'am, and that's my point. You ladies all feel like, listen, you ladies all feel like you're the exception to the rule. And then when someone like myself comes along and gives you a, a dose of reality, instead of just accepting it, it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm special. You don't know any men on this level that are not your father, that aren't related to you. That means you don't know these men. You don't know where to go get them. You don't know what they want, but you're still saying, pick me. They don't want mid 30 year old baby mamas. I'm trying to be polite, man, but they don't want those. Can I ask you a question? Did you hear what I said? Yes. Why is that so? Okay, go ahead. Why is it so what Go ahead. Um, my from my point of view, I feel like I, I get what you're saying. They 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 do have better options, but also those better options are younger girls. Those younger girls don't necessarily are necessarily twenty year olds are not necessarily attracted to forty five year olds. Bullshit! I'm, Bullshit! I'm fifty one, and I and I can't beat them off with a stick. That's another one on you lies. No, younger women are always younger women are attracted to older men. What are you talking about? So, can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay. So, do you feel like a woman like me? Uh-huh. What would you rank yourself on a scale from 1 to 10? You cannot use 7. Would I rate myself? Mm -hmm, just your face. Um, my face when I wake up, 5, but when I put myself together, 6. Okay. And how tall are you? 5'5". Five, five. Dress size. I'm sorry? Your dress size. A three. Okay. So that makes you, if you give yourself a five, that's average. Yes. So average looking women tend not to get high earning men. They tend to get average men. So, um, did you, did you, I mean, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Breathe and digest. You're 35 years old and you can look around and see the world. You don't tend to see higher earning men with average looking women off rip. If you do see them, they got them. They got their average looking woman when they were both really young and he built his way up. But a man earning the kind of money you're talking about does not go for an average looking woman. I mean, my body is not average. So, but your ma'am, you please don't make me say it. I can't. I'm literally <laughs> cringing. I'm literally cringing. Okay. All oh right. My God. All right, guys. I know that I know that was a lot. So <laughs> I know that was a lot. So <laughs> first, first and foremost, what is your initial impression? Uh, just give me my initial, initial thoughts. thoughts. Listen, I love Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man too. I went and got the book. I'm a fan of Steve Harvey. I think he opened fucking Pandora's box to now men think they own the rights, the ability, the privilege. They have the fucking audacity to think that is now their job to tell women the type of men that they can get and how to get them. 
no, this this is not okay. This has been allowed to go on for far too long. Your Derrick Jackson, don't have anything against him personally, but like all this, this has been going on for far too long. It's, it's no. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Ty. Zayna, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? Um, I, there were so many inaccuracies. There were so many opinions put into the advice that was given to this young woman. I also want to point out that I feel like this guy set up a scenario where she felt inclined to lower her number because she felt what he was already getting at. So she gave herself a five early in the morning when I put myself together at six because he already told her he could, she couldn't pick seven. Why not if that's a number between, like I, there was just so many things and it pisses me off because the barometer that he's using, in my opinion, is completely false. It's completely false. And if it is accurate, it's definitely some Hollywood advice because real life people out here are not living that type of life. I have seen it. it it's cringy. And this is the reason why I did not watch that film, because that clip, because I knew it was going to be so cringy. I knew it was. Mm-hmm. It's definitely cringy, but I do think it brings up the the conversation point. Like, is there any truth to it? You know, this ideology that women in particular struggle in being realistic with our expectations when it comes to mates, when it comes to dating. Uh, this is not a new conversation that I think Black men are having or even Black women are having. Um, you know, you and I, or all three of us have had conversations about this around the differences in white women and what they're told to expect from partners versus Black women and what they're told to expect from partners. But I am curious if you all feel that there might be some unrealistic expectations when it comes to single Black women. In her particular situation, she had a child. She's high earning. She made well above six figures. Um, and and is, is it possible that she could have had unrealistic expectations of the kind of partner she should be able to ascertain? In my opinion, and this is what I know, she wanted a, a six-figure man, which I'm, um, she makes six figures herself. Um, right, she was a business mm-hmm. owner. And so I, from what I understand, the things that she was asking for were things that she also brought to the table. I do think we as people, we as women, definitely have unrealistic expectations of partners. Like, that's just human nature, for sure. And that looks a lot different, especially when you are a Black woman. For sure, like what you want and what the reality is, is often vastly different sometimes because of the society that we live in. Like, I hear that, I hear that. To answer your question, yes, we do have unrealistic expectations sometimes as it relates to our partners or what we want in other people. And there is some give and take within that. The messaging that he was trying to communicate, I feel like was OD on so many levels. Agree, 100% agree. Um, in terms of, in terms of dating, I do think, I don't say everyone has unrealistic expectations, but I do, I do think sometimes we got to look at dating, like stay in your lane, have your standards, um, know what you can match, et cetera, because I, I, I think that what you're asking for, you need to be able to bring to the table as well. Um, but you got to stay in your lane. Like I can honestly say, I got a booty, but my weight check, my waist ain't that snatched, right? I, when y'all see me, either my hair is in a puff for the most part or it's tied up. I don't wear makeup. I'm, in every sense of the way, I, I present as a little tomboy. Like, I, I just do. 
Um, and so no matter how attractive I may find someone like Chris Brown or Drake, I'm not going to pull them. I'm not, the, I'm not who they're looking for, right? Um, so it's, I think it's like a stay in your lane. Also know who you, knowing what you want. Like as, I think as, as we start dating, dating gives you the opportunity to really fine tune what it is that you truly want out of a partner and what your expectations should be outside of that. Oh, I want a man at six, eight, you know, makes about five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a year, et cetera. You know, it, it really helps you fine tune what, what you need, your wants and your needs for dating. I agree completely <laughs> with that, Ty. And we're laughing because um, we've all had conversations just about what we're looking for in potential yeah. partners. And so this is a kind this is very timely. I'll also add really quickly, Zaina, before before I get the floor back to you that we also do this. Mm -hmm. There are so many times I've joked with y'all, with my best friend or other people about like not believing a certain type of man felt confident enough to approach me. And is it any different when we're like, I can't believe he thought he had a chance with me, right? And it's the same exact ideology in reverse. So I'm just, again, curious to see if we're being as objective when it comes to his advice. Yeah, I see that ideology. I also think that if I can be really specific, I've had this conversation, I don't know with you all, but I definitely have had it with other friends where it's like, if we're talking about black men specifically, they, it's, it's less of them than us as it relates to black women. And so the number that's the lowest usually have more autonomy over choosing because I'm in the minority and you're in the majority, right? So when you have a man that makes or comes to the table with the same thing that she makes and comes to the table with as a black man, they have all these different options. And so women, and I don't have any statistics or numbers behind this. So like, please correct me if y'all know the things, but it, I'm just trying to prove the point of men, black men have more autonomy and more space to move around as it relates to choosing partners. I just, I just, just the messaging that dude was trying to communicate just like breaks my heart. And it was like, well, don't nobody want no mid thirties, baby mama. Like, I'm just like, okay. So if, <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? I do think that we do it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who have approached us or said they liked us or whatever. We're like, yeah, like that ain't, that ain't for me. And he really did have the audacity. <laughs> I feel like with that though, <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong with me, I feel like it's one of those things where I'm doing X, Y, and Z in my life. I'm doing this professionally. This is what I present myself as on social media. This is what you have to go off. And you are living a completely other life. Like you in the streets, you got pictures with guns in your profile, you talking crazy on Facebook. You doing, why would you think, why would you approach me? Cause you want me to heal you? You want me to fix you? You want, you want me to look good on your arm? Like those are the things that I encounter more I just, this video, I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time. I don't even have all my thoughts together because I'm just like, there is merit in some of the things that he said, but I definitely think that there was a way uh -huh. to say it. And I definitely think that there was a way to not demean her in the way that he did. Like, you're average at best. Right. Like, this black lady right, has right. has accomplished all <laughs> these things. Right. She's accomplished and a lot, definitely. I don't yeah. think she's an ugly lady. Like, I feel like she gave herself a lower number than she deserved because of how he was presenting it. And it was just like, he just really wanted to let her know that like, you need to accept that you're gonna be by yourself. 
You're not going to find nobody. Ain't no man looking for this. Ain't no man looking for that. And I know people who are looking for those things. So maybe she needs to move to somewhere else or something. Because I just, I just don't, I just don't, I reject it. I reject it. Maybe he needs to not be another black man that looks like he's very much so willing to tear down another black woman in an effort to prove a point. Okay, but does it look different if she was a black male and she was average looking, made six figures, well, had mid thirties, this mid thirties, and had a this had is a the job. argument. He he has had the same dialogue with black men, and so while this clip went viral and people called him misogynistic and you know et cetera et cetera, he has straight up told guys some equally harsh truths. There was a clip that also is floating around now of a man who was a heavier set man. Who was saying why can't he pull like basically the Beyonce's right the Lauren London's or whatever you deem top tier quality woman and he asks them and excuse my frankness uh cacao cousins uh do you have a big dick <laughs> and the guy stumbled in his response he was like you know you know what I mean like you know I hold my own and and right but he long story short implied that you're not attractive if you don't have a big penis you don't make six figures. Why in the world do you think you are someone who could pull top, you know, top of the top when it comes to women? So he has shared this message. What are his credentials in to, 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 to be trying to tell people about relationships? Because I feel like he wasn't sitting in the same classes as I was in. I feel like we don't even have the same degrees. So what are his credentials to tell someone? I actually have no idea. I know that he's a relationship consultant in Atlanta. I know he makes good money. I don't. I What's don't know if he's degreed at all. Do I don't know if he's degreed at all. How's uh, piss? What's buddy name? Period. <laughs> Possibly Kevin Samuels. Uh, let's see if that's him. Yeah, I'm not sure what his credential was. Because I just, I just wanted to say that he's licensed by someone. Because I will be the first one, if I'm not the first one, to make the complaint to the board. Who are you? <laughs> but. While, while you look up his credentials, um, I do want to echo Zayla's sentiment that uh, it's the undertone of disrespect or like, you know, the condescending perspective that he's taken when it comes to her that I think is echoing the loudest for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of my Black male um, colleagues commenting on the story and they're like, yeah, but what he said is not technically wrong, right? Like there are times where women and men have unrealistic expectations in dating. And I think we've all been guilty of that. Um, but I think it's the delivery. Um, yeah. It sounds like we all kind of agree. Kind of agree there, it's, just, so. it's just bothers me. That bothers me so yeah. much. It was pretty harsh. It was, it was really harsh. harsh. And I just, and I, I, what I'm really struggling with the most is the idea that don't nobody want this or nobody's going to be interested in this or you won't be able to find this. And it's a lack of context. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like that is not true. Like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm biased. I just don't think that that's I true. You. I hear you. <laughs> Ty, did you have any love he finding has nothing that gives him the ability <laughs> <to> the right <laughs> privilege, the education, <laughs> to speak on relationships, how to form relationships, how to know what you're looking for. He has nothing for that. But talking, but these relationship expert pimps and all that, we gonna, I feel like that should be another topic one day. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to come back around to that. 
Yeah, we're going to have to come back around. <laughs> come back around to that. Uh, and that's that on that job, because, you know, Ty, marriage and family therapist. So here we are. She's credentialed. She is credentialed. Okay. So uh, next topic uh, is proposals, right? And so there was, <laughs> and guys, remember we said we wanted to make this episode a little more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this proposal that went viral about this man who was proposing to his girlfriend and he had been trying to come up with different uh, ways for this proposal to um, you know to, to make it creative and unique and <laughs> he finally settled on his girlfriend being asleep and her just waking up with the ring on her finger but if y'all haven't seen this uh, you have to <laughs> go to go see it I think it's hilarious she wakes up uh, to millions of congratulations and thank yous because it all went viral. So not only friends and family, but strangers from across the world. Um, and sis is in her bonnet and laid up in the bed. Like, what are y'all's thoughts? Like, is this a no? Is this a yes? If a man proposes this proposes this way to you, are you with I it? I like the little Tyler Perry proposal. You don't like it, Samuel? I <laughs> we because that's exactly what I thought about. Um, I feel like. Well, I'm, a, I'm personally, I would like to be proposed to in front of like my family and friends. That's just me personally. Or if, if he did do it that way, like send a picture to my friends and my family. Don't put it on social media where everybody can now see what the things are. I think that that is weird. I mean, that's fair. That's, that's fair. I, I think it's, I think it's cute. It's very, it's a cute idea right like oh all these people like are telling you congratulations i do think it was funny a couple people who are writing in some of the comments were like okay but did she actually say yes did she say yes she did post she had uh when she woke up she had a picture of the ring and all that and she said yes and all of that um but i i I hear what you're saying because with the whole being in front of family and all that it makes me think about the like okay so what are proposal yeses and proposal no's right um it depends on the person (laughs) it depends on the person it depends on your depends on your relationship too right Mm -hmm. like my thought was that she was they had like a jokey kind of relationship or like playing pranks on each other was a way they expressed love and I see this as perfectly normal in that context now if my significant other put a ring on my finger while I was sleeping and posted a picture on social media yeah Yeah. for sure that's what we have you have to know your part you have to fight it out you have to know your partner you do have to know your partner uh, i i personally am not a fan of it i will say that like in the comments a lot of people was like dang like y'all you got her on social media looking like this and all this other stuff like that but if if she's okay with it then by all means baby i'm happy exactly i'm happy for y'all whatever me personally I'm not about mm-hmm. it. Or if you gonna do this at a minimum, like you know how I like to look. Like let me look like that. Let me be sleeping real cute, and you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Let me be real sexy or something. Because mm-hmm. I be looking like I'm homeless when I'm asleep. You know, I look like I look like uh-huh. I don't have a place to, to lay my head. I, just, uh-huh. I look. I hear that. You know, a little. So bit. absolute nose for me. Don't propose to me in conjunction with another big event. Why? Why? So no, People are so no, passionate about no that. graduation proposals. No, I'm pregnant, pushing out a baby, and you're proposing <laughs> to me after after my last push. After that went viral. Do y'all do. remember the clip? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the afterbirth didn't even happen and he was putting a ring on her finger, okay? None of that. I want it to be its own separate occasion. I hear okay. that. Fair. I hear that. Ain't nobody yeah. I I don't I hate the I what well, I say I hate, but I don't like the idea that it can't be in conjunction with something else. But at the same time I get the reasoning. I'm like, yeah, me me too, me too, a little bit, yeah. Um, for me, I, w- I definitely want it to be with my friends and family. I want it to be something that's well thought out. It doesn't have to be necessarily extravagant, but I want it to be something that's well thought out. And like, kind of like what you said, something that is its own event and I'm surprised about it. That is what I want. I also already kind of know what ring I want, but I'm not stuck with it because I know that the ring is a gift that the man gives to the lady. So it should be something, I feel like it should be something that's a reflection of how he feels about you, but also like, here's my contribution. And like, this is the ring that I would like. And this is the ring that I want. And it's not a traditional ring. It's actually like a, you know, an emerald. So, oh no, it's a ruby. So I'm just like, I have a very specific ring that I want, but definitely in front of friends and family, definitely some music, definitely eating because that's how we do. Lydia got a picture of this ring? She okay. does. I can send it to y'all if y'all would that's, like. I, we got to make sure the crew. Yes, no. We make sure the crew. As long as all of the friends know the kind of ring that we want. Yes. That we're in good yes. shape. Okay. Mine is Ty, because again, y'all, Ty is married. She's right. off limits. She can send us whatever ring, I guess, when she wants to upgrade five years, 10 years. Right, right. We got the upgrade ring. Upgrade ring. Um, okay, so next, transitioning us, because I want to get to this next topic. Um, I sent y'all this screenshot. Hopefully y'all had a second to read it about this stepmother. Um, so I'm going to read it out loud just so cookout cousins, y'all know what we're talking about. Um, this was sent in to a mommy's group, basically women who send in like situations into this group to get advice from other mommies or other people who have been in similar situations. So subject, I want my fiance to get rid of his four-year-old daughter. Okay. So it says, hi, I need some advice from the mommies on your page. My fiance has a four-year-old daughter. Her mother passed away when she was born. He's been raising her on his own ever since he lost his wife. I am now in the picture and we are set to get married in 2022. I'm also seven months pregnant with a precious little girl. I'm not the stepmother type and I know I won't treat his daughter the same way I would treat our child. To be quite honest, actually she didn't spell quite right, but we'll get past that. To be quite honest, (laughs) she gets on my damn nerves, okay? For one, the little girl looks just like her mother and having her around constantly reminds my fiance of his dead wife. Second, she's very attached to her daddy and I'm afraid that that is going to take away from my child's bond with her father. I basically want to tell my fiance to get rid of her. She can live with her grandparents or we can find her a nice family that's looking to adopt a child. I don't know how to approach the situation but I need to find a way to convince my fiance to let her go. I promise I'm not a bad person. I am just trying to look out for my child and make sure she receives all of her daddy's attention without having her older sister intervene. Please help. I hope this has made its way to the young man she's engaged to. Um, and that she is no longer a fiance because she doesn't need to be. She actually sounds like she's a danger to his child. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, that doesn't need to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel. Uh, Cancel her. <laughs> Cancel her. Cancel her. Cancel Those her. are all my thoughts. 
That is cancel. Those are that is cancel worthy. Um, why are you dating this man who has a child when you know that you are not the stepmom type? That's like date number one. This is before you even get on a date. This is when you swipe it through Tinder. Oh, y'all talking. I got a child. Okay, great. Let me like slide up out of here because I'm not the stepmom type. That's what you do within that time frame. But you decided to stay. And so now you I wonder what that what that interaction looked like during the dating phase. I wonder if the dad mm-hmm. has paid attention to their interaction because usually a single parent, mom is passed. People are really anal about, you know, I want to make sure whoever comes into my child's life that they love that child and, and she would be the mother figure because that child doesn't have a mother. I just, I'm kind of interested to see or to know what the dad like has, has to say or has he witnessed mm-hmm. like her being kind of estranged from her and just all these things. Also, now you're pregnant so now you want the child to go away because you want your child right. to have all the attention. This is some exactly. 1880 type of behavior. Like I have my grandmother experiences with her stepmama and like I know plenty of people who like this is definitely like some 1900s type of it's not my child so like let's get rid of it. We got to present a perfect family. What? Ma'am? What? Yeah, but this is a very real situation. Like a very real situation where women are jealous of their partner's kids. And in that relationship, so and and so with you saying that, your professional opinion, (laughs) I'll get there. Um, so with you saying that though, I never, I don't get it. So I, I know the joke, right, of women not wanting to have daughters, um, because they'll take all their husband's attention, right? Because every little girl becomes a daddy's girl in some form or fashion. I understand that joke. I don't understand how this then becomes real. Um. I don't think there's any justification for this behavior. I, I truly do believe, professionally, I truly believe that she presents as a danger to this child. And so every time you look at this child, you feel resentment, which means that there would not be equity within the home. Um, and if the father is yeah. not there, so then if, and I don't know if this is a traditional home, but like traditional gender roles come into play, right? And so if mm-hmm. her husband mm-hmm. is out working and she takes care of the children during the day and she's like, this, this is not okay. I, I don't think that it's okay. And I truly, one, this, this displays that she has some of her own things going on, some of her own, uh, I don't even want to say self-esteem. Well, it, it is self-esteem, right? Because her own validation, she she's missing something there for herself and the security that she will feel that her fiance will be able to love both of his children equally. Um, uh, I am very curious about how they even transition into a relationship if her thoughts are, oh, the little girl looks like my fiance's dead wife and all like these negative thoughts. And so how did you two even transition into a relationship or expectations discussed? Like how, all the, these are the questions that come up yeah. for me. Um, but all in all, uh, when we look at how this transition goes into families, because it happens frequently, uh, step families, blended families, the like, um, expectations need to be discussed. Um, Things need to be put on the table. So feelings, all of that needs to be put on the table. The children's as well. I think that a lot of time parents like to cancel out uh, children's thoughts because they're children, right? Oh, they can, they can just bounce back. They can do anything. No, they have to live this. Um, and it sounds like this young girl will be brought up in a household filled with trauma if nothing's done. Yeah, I think that's the that's the true heartbreak of it all, Ty. Thank you for bringing that up. That um, not only is she creating trauma in his initial daughter, 
um, or his daughter with his ex-wife or excuse me, the wife that passed, but creating trauma even within the daughter that she's carrying currently. And what would motherhood look like once that child is born if, if this is how she treats an innocent child and all of this. So uh, interesting situation nonetheless. Um, in line with that though, I, I also wanna talk about um, Ivy Park. We're kind of switching gears a bit here. But um, Ivy Park, as most of you know, is one of Beyonce's or Beyonce's brand, I guess, with Adidas um, or through Adidas. And there recently has been some interesting concepts that have been brought up about blackfishing. Mm. Um, I actually don't think I've ever heard the term blackfish in this way before, but it was very interesting to look into this. So someone tweeted about two of the models who are mod modeling Beyonce's current line. Um, I actually, when I first looked at it, thought they were black. I thought they were just fair-skinned black women. Coming to find out, like, these women are not black. And in fact, if you go to their pages, they're very much white, or at least white passing. If they are something else, I could be misspeaking. Um, so what are you all's thoughts about Beyonce and her team promoting these two um, on, her, on her fashion line? I actually saw this screenshot and some conversation on social media and I was under the impression that this wasn't posted on the actual Ivy Park site no 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 I take that back I was under the impression that somebody from Beyonce's team posted this and like Beyonce herself didn't know that the things were happening there's no way to really garner that but a lot of Interject. people do we do we believe that things happen without Beyonce's knowledge yes I think, I think as a businesswoman, as a business person in general, I do think there are things that slip through the cracks when you have a team. Um, and depending on how many people are between you and that person, I definitely think it's possible. I think it's possible, but I want us to be careful about when things go right, we credit the person, but when things go wrong, they didn't know about it. Very right? true. We have to be careful with that. Right, because one second it's Beyonce is very intentional with what she posts on social media or what she allows to be on what people call Beyonce's internet when it comes to her and her brand. But then we say in the same breath, do we know that she knew about this? And we and we give a lot of grace when she gets it wrong. I'm about holding everyone accountable across the board. So it's either we hold her accountable for all things posted or we can't always give her credit for all good things posted either, right? I feel like it can't be both and in that case. Well, I'm under the impression that when things go right, um, that person still may not have known about it, but they get credited about it because everybody's fine with it. And like you said, when things go wrong, we point it out. And I think in both instances, you can know about it and not know about it. And that's just the way that the, the cookie crumbles. But I hear what you're saying for sure. I just think that it happens both ways. And because good things we look at and it's like, oh, this is really great. This is amazing. And then when it doesn't, it's, it's the same thing or it, people get criticized for it. But I think in both instances, instances, people may or may not know about it. And when it hits social media, it, it's up for social media perception. So it was a couple of things for me. Um, do you guys remember a Beautiful Liar music video? Yeah. Okay, so Barbara. <laughs> Beautiful Liar music video, it's with Beyonce. That's yes. like Shakira. There's a I think I remember okay, it so vaguely. If you can't recall it, there's a scene where they're both laying on the floor side by side or like next to each other. Their heads next to each other. They look alike. Is it they're like laying? Yeah, in the they're laying in something, something, but I mean like hair, everything, they look alike. Um, 
Okay. And that came to mind as I was reading the response for this young lady, um, for one of the young ladies that she posted, because mm -hmm. it was when the first time I read it, it was like, the fuck, right? Like you are, and, and I won't say you are knowingly presenting yourself as something else. I won't say that at all. Um, but you're definitely reaping some benefits that were not awarded to others in some form or fashion. And even if this wasn't posted on, like if this was not specifically Ivy Park, they have then been recognized for it. Um, but then as I'm looking at her response, she says something further down about how, you know, do other women, the women of other ethnicities get upset when African-American women decide to wear uh, non-African-American hair, for lack of a, a better way to phrase it and remembering all of her words and stuff like that. Wait, her what? response, uh, uh, Alina, the girls Alina. in the picture, they yes, responded. One of them, anyway. Um, and she's responded, okay. uh, just like further down, um, why don't I feel that wild disrespect and discrimination when you wear wigs that are made of white women and Asian women hair? Or when you, and so like calling out that piece where that, that account of what African Americans have taken on other parts of people's cultures and looks, et cetera. And so I've been tossing this around in my head and trying to figure out like, how did we, I know, I know, I know, cause I'm looking at your face. I'm tossing this around in my head. I'm like, okay, so how did we get here? And how does this then still say that you aren't saying how you're accountable for this um, or how you've done this or how someone else has allowed you to do this. Um, and so, and thinking about that, like I'm wondering, is this just, it's been two things for me because again, I don't, I am a Beyonce. I'm not a part of the Beehive. I do love Beyonce's music. I think she's a great performer. Um, some of her albums have definitely gotten me through, right? And also I'm going to apologize because we are recording this from our various offices. I work on a campus and so they're deciding to cut the grass right now. So if you hear that, that's what it is. Sorry guys. Um, but like this is a thing that happens and it, it happens all across the board. And so as someone who works on Beyonce's team, it's like, well, this is fine, this is okay, right? They have the look. I can see that being a thought. But then I also, I had it brought to my attention, um, shout out to the best man for my wedding. Um, but we were having a conversation <laughs> about uh, Ivy Park versus Fenty. And now it's something okay. because when people talk about Fenty and Rihanna, it's like Rihanna has a say every step of the way. Rihanna is very much so involved every step of the way. And so is You know what? It's it's interesting that you brought Fenty up because I do remember seeing mm -hmm. on social media, this is to Zayna's point, she has a little bit of everybody mm -hmm. yep. wearing yep. Fenty, like when it comes to bloggers or people call them influencers. Yeah. Or, um, and folks have different identities seen, too. Uh, oh yeah, different identities, yeah. And I have not seen the same critique of Fenty, but is it because those white women aren't attempting to be right? Absolutely. And I don't think she's- 100%. And I, but I also don't think she's marketing, like it's not being said, like she's marketing to urban or black people. And I, I, I don't think Beyonce ever said that that's who she was marketing to, but I think because it's Beyonce, that's what it, like, that's what it came out. Oh, Beyonce's making a brand for the, for the culture. Granted, now when we look at, I mean, everybody wears, well, I don't wear any of this. Uh, but you know, other folks who, who down with that all day I dream about sex stuff, where Adidas. Um, but I don't think Beyonce ever came out and said, okay, but I'm marketing to black people or anybody from that brand. Now, I don't know much about Ivy Park because again, I don't, I don't rock Ivy Park. I don't rock Adidas, but I've never, I don't think I've ever heard it said that that's who she's marketing to. 
Yeah, I, I can't speak to that. Brianna, I feel like doesn't receive a lot of that critique um, because of the point that you mentioned, Barbara, like she has all these different people from different backgrounds, different influencers, different folks, identities. She has some trans folks on there, just all these different people, different sizes and stuff. And it's kind of like you have, you can easily see yourself in that clothing and in her line. And the one thing that came up with Rihanna is I think that in one of her shows, she used um, a sacred song or something in one of her shows that she got a lot of pushback for that, but it wasn't because of the look. It was because of, mm -hmm. you know, the music. Um, also, can I just say that it just, I feel like at this point, since you, these people are actively black fishing, like you should be somewhat knowledgeable of like the culture that you're biting off of. Ain't nobody from somewhere else. <laughs> Period. Nobody's wearing your hair. Like I was trying to figure that out. That's the Who's oldest buying Russian Russian hair. The oldest like, like feedback in the book. The oldest come back. Well, we don't say anything when you when you bite off our culture, baby. We evil, and now we done made it look good. So now you coming back and trying to steal your stuff back from us. Hates to hate, sucks to suck. Mm -hmm. That's just like uh, I should. That's just like something on the side. But <laughs> yeah, do we know if yeah. Beyonce actually took this down, or if she had anything to say, or Ivy Park put out a message or anything about this? I, well, Beyonce hasn't said anything. I don't know if the We Are Ivy Park has. So one of y'all can look on Insta and see if they change, change the initial posting. I, I don't know. Um, but no, Zane, you brought up a really good point. I also find I her, response, her response is so problematic. It is very problematic. Right? Again, you don't, you don't have to initially have understood the implications, but the moment someone brought it to your attention and saying, hey, this is a problem. This is how it's being received. The fact that she has belittled the commentary of Black women, Black voices, Black opinions, Black perspectives also seconds the idea that you shouldn't be wearing Black, black product, right? So you wear it when it's cool and fashionable and when you want to be a part of the culture, but you don't want to be held responsible for any, any parts of Black history. And so... Uh, it's a little trauma for me. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's fine. We can, we can move along. <laughs> It has been deleted. Okay. Nobody said anything. There you go, uh, Saina. We're just going to pretend like it never happened. happened. Typical social media esque. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to switch gears a bit uh, and talk a little bit about the vaccine, which is telling because today, Monday, uh, December 14th, we have officially uh, have it, it shipped, been delivered, and received, and healthcare. Workers across the country have started taking the COVID-19 vaccine, the SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccine. And um, I've seen like a lot of interesting um, memes and TikToks and like, you worried about the vaccine, but you have fill in the blank of whatever it be. You've been drinking jungle juice or you smoke or you this or you that. And a lot of different people are just commenting on the vaccine, its efficacy, um, et cetera. And so I wanted us to talk very quickly. We don't have to go into a ton of depth, um, hopefully pointing to some um, information about the vaccine that I would like us to include in our description for this week. So you all can remain informed on what's in it, you know, what's going on with it, how the clinical trials went. Um, but what are you all's thoughts? We've talked before about Black people's mistrust with the government, specifically when it comes to healthcare. Um, 
have your thoughts evolved? Do they still feel the same? What are you thinking about the vaccine? For me personally, I'm still very hesitant to take the vaccine. I know people on the social media are like, okay, y'all do this, this, and this, or you do X, Y, and Z, but you're scared to take the vaccine. It's like, ha, ha, ha. But I'm just like, there's some just trauma for me and when it comes to new vaccines and things like that. And I actually don't think that I have been old enough up until this point to know when the new vaccine comes out. So this is like my first time in my life where I'm actively alive and aware and knowledgeable about a vaccine that's coming available. And so I'm just very hesitant to take it. I think by the time it's available to me, I'll have enough uh, data to be able to make an educated decision about it. Um, I do think that it's great that the frontline workers are getting first access to it, um, but it also makes me worried for those frontline workers. I, I just, I don't know if the research has come out about, you know, how they conducted their, their research and how they created this vaccine, because I'm very interested in that, because I just want to be for sure that they've tested it on a bunch of different people, a bunch of different identities, different age groups. That's really important to me. And so although I'm happy that the frontline workers are getting the first dosage of it, I'm also concerned about those frontline workers that are not white, male, white women, or, you know, the majority group. And what about those people who have minoritized um, identities? Like, is this something that's going to be healthy for them if they have pre-existing, you know, um, health issues? Is this going to be good for them? I don't know. So I think that's a good point that you bring up and it allows for us to provide a lot more information to our audience. So clinical trials in general, I think is something a lot of people, unless you're in my field or similar STEM fields, you truly just might not have the knowledge to understand how it works mm-hmm. in the workings of it all. And so just giving like a brief, really brief, big world view of a clinical trial, you know, there are four phases. And within those four phases, we have different goals when it comes to phase one, phase two, phase three, et cetera, et cetera. And this clinical trial, not only being conducted stateside, but conducted globally, went through all of those phases, starting out with a small population of between 80 to 120 participants, moving on to its final phase, where it looked at over 40,000 people, and that's just in the U.S. alone. Uh, understanding that these clinical trials were done across many different um, governments in many different countries. Um, In order to conduct a clinical trial successfully, you have to have a diverse group of participants that comes to race, ethnicities, that comes to age groups, it comes to uh, medical status. So we are looking at people who are immunocompromised, right? People who have things like HIV and AIDS or lupus or other things that put them in an immunosuppressed state. Um, we, you have to conduct a study with all of these different groups of people in order to ensure its efficacy. And so there is a 50-page report, which I've read thoroughly, that I'm, we're going to link in this episode that I want all of y'all to read, that iterates the process from beginning to end of how this clinical trial was conducted. I also want to debunk the myth that this vaccine happened quickly, Right. So this vaccine has been in the works for over 10 years. And let me specify, not specific to SARS-CoV-2, which is what you're seeing now, but specific to coronavirus, which is not a new virus. It is not a novel virus, right? We have things like antigenic shift and drift that changes viruses that already exist, allowing them to adapt. 
uh, and survive. And so what we saw was an antigenic shift that occurred with coronavirus. We saw it with SARS. We saw it with MERS. We're seeing it now with SARS-CoV-2. There have been labs across the country who have already been creating the framework for a vaccine for coronavirus, right? So this is something that's been in the works for over 10 years. Now, when you have every lab, when it comes to academic labs, government labs, both domestic and globally, working on the same thing with the same goal in mind, it's, it's a lot easier for us to push forth um, groundbreaking medicine. That's typically not what we're doing, right? We're typically all focused in various subjects, you know, pushing various aspects of novel medicine. And that's why these processes take a lot longer of a time to come to fruition. And I think it's, a lot, there's a lot of misinformation that is saying that this vaccine just kind of happened out of nowhere, um, which is what renders it unsafe. So, um, Ty, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give your initial thoughts before I ask you all a few more questions about that. Um, I actually, I, I want to do more reading. I want to educate myself more about it. Like. Uh, my flippant thoughts when this vaccine first came out, when I first read it, it's like FDA hadn't really approved it, but it was an emergency approval for healthcare workers and all that. So my flippant thought was, okay, so y'all just about to vaccinate these people and they're gonna be the test group. They're gonna be your big test group. Um, and then similar to uh, what we talked about concerning birth control, like, so do we really know what the long-term effects are for this, um, for this vaccine, like what's going to happen and such. So I just, I need to read more. I want to know about the trial testing. Um, and Barbie, bring up a good point because I, I was not aware that they were trying to develop something for coronavirus as a whole, because it seems like the conversation now has just been about uh, COVID. So just, just this, what we're dealing with right now. Um, so I, I definitely now want to go back and see some of the things they found. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I got quiet. I just wanted to make sure that y'all had access to this too, because like I said, I plan to post this um, in the link so that our audience can, but it is important for y'all to read up on it yourselves. Um, Zaina brought up a good point in that this is the first time I think a lot of people are old enough to understand the introduction of a new vaccine into society. So I do understand the hysteria. I understand the confusion. I understand, you know, the hesitancy, especially with people of color or marginalized groups. We know that our history when it comes to being test, test rats um, is one that is unique in this country. And so it is upon us to, again, remain educated. The same conversations we have with you all about politics is the same conversation we need to have about vaccines. Um, I am in the medical field, I'm a medical professional, and I am not pro all vaccines. There are some vaccines that I don't think are necessary, necessarily, that you don't necessarily need to give children, or at least not at the age in which we give all vaccines. However, it doesn't mean that vaccines don't work, and it doesn't mean that vaccines will kill you, and it doesn't mean that vaccines are like this, I don't know, it, 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 the, the way we see this hysteria currently in the media, it or not in the media, but on social media rather, it's making me nervous that we've worked this hard to get to the point of the vaccine and there won't be enough people to take it so that we are able to get back to some semblance of normalcy. Because creating the vaccine is not helpful if enough people aren't vaccinated, right? And so, um, again, we just have to do our due diligence, I think, in being informed. Even when it comes to some of these adverse effects, I know there were photos 
flying around about Bell's palsy being one of those adverse effects of the vaccine. Um, and just guys, just do your do your best to remain um, just informed. And like I said, we're going to link some studies for you all to read. I yourselves. do have a question before we move on. Do you, Barbara, in your professional opinion, do you think that um, in the near future, having the COVID-19 or the coronavirus um, vaccine will be mandated as far as like K-12 education, employers, all those different pieces as a result of this that pandemic? Is, that is a, a good question. Uh, I don't know. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible to mandate a vaccine. It, it takes a really long time um, for that process to occur. Okay. The same types of vaccines we had to have for us to go to public schooling. Yeah. Um, it takes a while for that to occur. Is it possible? Absolutely. This virus is deadly, yeah. right? So It's like I can see it in the future, a few years down the line, but it makes me wonder, like, would that be expedited, similar to what we feel like this vaccine has been expedited of, like, this is something that's deadly. Like, we need to make sure that that's a way that I, I could see the government trying to be like, everybody's about to get this vaccine and this is how we're going to make you get it. You can't see your kids school until they get this vaccination or you can't do this. And I don't know if they have the right to do it, do that in that manner. But in this year of our Lord 2020, um, the occupant has been doing a lot of things I didn't know the president could do. So like anything is possible at this point, in my mind. They cannot force you to take a vaccine. No. Well, um, when I they say can I mean, take away certain privileges. Kids. Right. Exactly. They can take away certain privileges. Like you can't go to public schooling until you have this vaccine. Or like Zeta referred to, you being a new employee at an institution, it could be mandated that as a part of your employment, you have to take this vaccine. Uh, if you work with um, populations that are, you know, particularly susceptible. Uh, you also might be mandated as a healthcare worker or healthcare professional to take the vaccine. Absolutely. Again, I don't see that being something that occurs as rapidly as some people fear. Um, and I think it's another conversation we have to have all together about whether that's right or wrong and the morality around governments dictating health when it comes to your individual choices. Um, but if that I'd pose the question whether we want to talk about it now or just kind of think about it. Like, if the government didn't mandate certain things, polio and smallpox, two things that are virtually non-existent in our generation and, and for several generations, uh, is something that would still be occurring readily, right? If the government didn't take a stand and make it mandated that you had to give these vaccines, there are a lot of things that we would be seeing people suffer from that people don't suffer from. And so it's a double-edged sword. It's scary because it's new, but in the long run, we saw the benefit to smallpox and polio. And I think in the long run, we'll see the benefit here too. Did y'all have any other thoughts? Mm -mm, I don't. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna switch to a quick game. Uh, one gotta go. Yeah, girl. Last time we did it with... <laughs> Last time we did it with uh, the boy group. What was the boy bands? I made y'all the boy band. Boy Who did I say to go? B2K. You said B2K. I think both of y'all said B2K. Um, so Thank now you. we're doing it with Black Christmas movies. Okay, so we have five mm -hmm. options Almost Christmas, The Best Man Holiday, This Christmas, Friday After Next, and Jingle Jangle. Okay, let me add a caveat one movie has to go forever. And all of the actors are actresses. Mm. <gasps> I haven't seen Jingle Jangle. 
I'm not saying Jingle Jangle not. But there's some there's some good people in there. Um Almost Christmas, final answer. <gasps> final answer. I love almost Christmas. Mm-hmm. You really. would get with, you would get rid of Gabrielle Union for life. Yep. Almost Christmas. Set. That's it. Danny because Glover. when I think about this Christmas, I think about the best man holiday and then who I know is in Jingle Jangle. Like, well, wait, 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 wait. I, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. My mind didn't even compute Friday after that. Because a lot of true. people don't see that as a Christmas movie. So my mind didn't even, like, when I saw it, I didn't even compute it as mm-hmm. a Christmas film. Mm-hmm. Who's all in that movie? Ice Cube. Um, uh, what's the little pimp? A pimp named Slipback. Oh, Cat I'll get rid of that one. That one can go. Because I don't oh. even really see that as a Christmas movie. Okay. But that's a black stable. Friday after night. It is. But it, I, I think we'll live. I think we'll live. Okay. All right. I hear you. But okay, I'll, so I will take back my you. last answer because I didn't even compute that. It's your caveat for me because I was ready to say the best man holiday before you said Oh, absolutely. That. There's yeah. too many heavy hitters in the best man holiday. Too I, many. So now I like I it. Love- never. Right. <laughs> uh, oh but I'm not a fan of the movie. I'm not a fan of the best man. The best man holiday is probably better to me than the best man, but I'm not a fan of either either one of them to be yeah, honest. But movie. I love some more chestnuts. Mm, we love mm. them. We love them. Goodbye. Gorgeous. We love them. Okay, Ty, um, are you telling me who you want to stay but not who you want to go? <laughs> I will have, oh my gosh, but y'all don't understand. I love Friday After Next, okay? Okay, we'll keep it. What are you getting rid of? <laughs> Thank you, Zayna. Girl. I can't, I can't. Gotta pick. Oh, Gotta pick. Who went Jingle Jangle? Who went Jingle Jingle? Forrest Whitaker. Oh, Forrest Whitaker, Friday After Next. Friday After Next. Okay, I was about to show you the uh, cast oh. if you wanted to. Um, but you pick, um, you pick Friday. Harry after next. in there. Is it who? Harriet, the mom from. She looks like the mom from. Uh, I didn't watch Harriet. You talking about that with um, Cynthia Erivo? No. What's the name of that show? Where the the police officer dad who's gay? Oh, uh, uh, who's gay? Huh? He was gay. Family Matters. What? Oh, oh, okay. In real life, he was gay. Oh, I was but like, the what are you mom- talking about? Uh, that's all I'm getting mixed up with. Okay. okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I need, oh, I need Anika. I need Anika in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Jingle Jangle's cast, okay? Felicia Rashad. Yeah. Anika Anika Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Rose. Yeah. We got some heavy hitters. Okay, so you're saying Friday After Next. Friday After Next. You know what? I'm, I'm going to up the ante, and I'm taking out Friday After Next, because I feel like oh, it's a, scape, a scapegoat. You can't do that. Can't do that. Yes, do that. I've already locked my answers in. We've already it's said fine. our answers. It's you fine. can't do that. We're done. We're done. It's okay, fine. what's next? So y'all. Right. <laughs> GMO. <laughs> We're done. You won't do this to us. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I rejected. We'll move on. We'll move on. She tried it. Okay. Zayna, tell us what's going on in, in Twitter world. First of all, did y'all hear how Barbara just tried that shit? She really like anyway. It's fine. Um, okay, so first things first, Clubhouse. I 
Yeah, bite me. No, I will. Like, that's totally fine. I don't know what's going on, and I'm very confused. And um, somebody texted me last night and was like, hey, like, are you on Club? Well, actually, she texted me, like, a couple days ago and was like, you need to get on Clubhouse? Like, I'll send you an invite, like, whatever. And I was like, okay. And I never did it because, like, my life has been shambly. So... She texted me again last night and was like, have you done it yet? And I was like, no. So I finally downloaded the app. The app is like really cute. It's like this black man with like natural hair and he just looks very joyous and got a guitar. And it was just like, I was like, okay. So I got on there. What? Does this app have a black developer? I don't know. know All I know is what this app looks like and it, it looks very culturally relevant. Okay. So I got on there and I was, she was like, do you want me to explain it to you? yeah yeah like that could be helpful so pretty much it's all it's like twitter but it's all voice so like you can join groups or you can be a part of conversations and everybody's on there and it's kind of like zoom or like some other type of group call but everybody's in there and they're just like talking about different things and you can join different topic conversations i don't really follow anybody on there so I my timeline is like pretty dry but you can add context into it but it, it was just like very weird so me playing around with the app I ended up just jumping into a conversation and you can just jump in and not actually have to talk you can just be there and I just wanted to see what it looked like and as soon as I jumped in there everybody was talking on top of each other it was like very chaotic and I backspaced very quickly because I was like what is this what is happening now, granted, I probably jumped in mid-conversation, but that was my first impression, and I was like, okay, this is this is a lot. So, Ty, mm-hmm. I'll be happy to send you an invite if I figure out how to do it. That is not a problem. But everybody's talking about Clubhouse. I really don't know what we are going to make this app to be or, like, how people are going to use it. But there are some specialized groups, like some some career groups, some identity groups. It's just random conversations. And I... I feel like I'm at the age where I don't need any more apps, but that's just like a personal opinion. Like, I just feel like I have enough apps and social media accounts where I really don't need another one. And I'm also like very, I just, I just don't know. So if you really want the invite, I'll be happy to send it to you. Like, I do. I want to network with some fellow therapists and see what they're doing. Um, although that's going to end up coming up in my rant, but like, I really want to see what other Black therapists are doing in terms of emerging adults, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic slave syndrome, all of that. Sounds good, honey. You trying to get professional. I'm in there talking about body whole shit. Okay, so I sure will. So let's see. (laughs) What else is going on? So I was on Twitter and this guy tweeted tweeted and was like, our one year quarantine anniversary is coming up real quick. And I was like, it is. Y'all, we have been in quarantine for almost a year at this point. Like, that is wild to me. I had no idea we would be in this pandemic this long and it would look like this. This is wild. Have y'all thought about how we're going to get back to regular life? Like, going to a concert, going out to dinner and not being fearful of your life, aside from the cooks in the kitchen, like, doing something weird to your food. Right. I miss a good day The cooks do things weird to your food, though. That is, it's funny that you said that. Seriously, (laughs) it's a thought. 
I just can't imagine going out and like going to the movies and not being fearful for my life. Aside from the other things to be fearful of your life in the movies, like I don't know, homegrown tears. Right. These are the things. Anyway, I can't imagine. I can't. I just can't imagine. But it's coming up. So y'all figure out what y'all want to do, how y'all want to celebrate our one year quarantine anniversary. Because it is a moment to remember. Uh last thing from <laughs> last thing from the Twitter. Um, I came across this tweet and I just thought it was really interesting and I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on it. There was a full thread, but I just gonna say a little bit a little piece of it. So the tweet reads, if you're black and grew up spoiled, quote unquote, and or quote unquote bougie, you went through a phase where those two words were very triggering for you. Folks love to call you that to water down your blackness. Now look at everybody desperately wanting to be called spoiled and bougie. I feel like Ty has a story to tell. <laughs> Hear me. Hear me, but it's fine because all y'all want to have all this now and this is the way of life. Y'all just right here jumping real happy when a dude buy you a happy meal or something. Mm. Maybe this has been my life. I wasn't spoiled. I was very much so well taken care of. Let's get it. Let's get it. Bro, that's I'm just saying, y'all just being up to me. I'm sorry, I didn't have a hard knock life. No, I agree. I think think that that perspective needs to be highlighted more because oftentimes there was a lot of shame associated with not having to struggle. Mm. I I know people who didn't have to struggle and felt shamed into creating stories of struggle just so so they could relate. And it's like, no, it's okay that you didn't experience trauma. It's not a rite of passage. Why is that? I was going to say, it's fine. (laughs) Even still, like my mom, I know like looking back, I know my mom did not have everything and what my mom couldn't do, my grandma did. Because she, my grandma stepped up and she did the things. And so I won't say like I had this, I, I wasn't living in a mansion. I wasn't living in the suburbs. We live in a little condo. Uh, what do they call them? A townhouse mm-hmm. um, owned by my grandma. Um, and I was good. Like I had, I had the things. I, I went on trips. I was in Brazil. I was in Nassau. I was like, I, I did the things and it's I want to say for women out there don't don't feel shamed if you had that type of upbringing like don't don't feel shamed if you were able to do things that others could not like appreciate the experience because one thing looking back that shame that came with it I didn't really appreciate it then mm-hmm. but now it's like dang I'm gonna make that happen mm-hmm. like yes but Barbie you like definitely speak truth to words like it's like the oppression olympics or like the trauma olympics of like who can struggle more and like all these different things and aren't aren't we all working to give our children or our family or whatever that looks like a better life more opportunities and so it's just I it's this crabs in a barrel mindset is so interesting especially in a black community of I'm working hard so that my kids won't have to experience the things that I experienced but then you had the kids and they don't experience the things and so now other people who are experiencing those hardships are making them feel bad for or, or you or, have go ahead. Or you have the kids you have the kids and then you make them struggle yeah you create you struggle struggle it's a we have to, like, to table that because i feel like that's a whole conversation because honestly that's something that i struggle with like i don't have children of my own but i wonder like i want to create this certain lifestyle for them but how as me as a how how can i as a parent teach them the lessons that i learned through struggle without making them having have to struggle like how can I reframe that 
and not take the easy way out and just be like, you can't do this or you can't do that. I'm not giving you this. I'm not giving you that versus how can I teach them those things? It's just, it's a thought. It's a thought. That is all I have from these Twitter streets. Govern yourself accordingly. All right. So as we move into uh, our next to last portion of our uh, good old chat, um, it's time to go off, sis. So, what we've written about today, Barb? Bring us in, girl. You know, listen, I thought I had a rant, and, and y'all, I just, I don't have a rant for this week. I really don't. So, I'm going to kick the floor to Zayna and Ty. Maybe something they say will spark Come some on, I won't complain. Thoughts. Yes. Thoughts in me. Yes. So, listen. Actually, I just lied. I lied. <laughs> and we will lie. That's rant. okay. I it do was. have a rant. Um... Medical school is ghetto. Oh my and god. I just thought the world should be aware of how ghetto medical school is. Um, for those of you who are in medical school and love it, kudos, pat on the back. Um, here's a cookie. Um, <laughs> it's the cookie it's for me. It's the cookie for uh, me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll add that Zoom medical school is ghetto, even more so. Okay. And um, I could really go in there, but I'm not going to do that because I'm just grateful to still be present, alive, and kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, the semester is over for me, and um, I'm just grateful. So, yeah, here we are. Kicking it to you, Ty. What you got going on? What's on your heart? Uh, um, so, it's not, I don't know if this is a rant or a plea. Um, so I think in, in earlier episodes, if you check this out, you already know I'm a marriage and family therapist by profession. Um, I work currently as a counselor. Um, and we can have a conversation about the differences in those fields at another time. But I ch- I'm in a few groups. And so, you know, y'all hear me telling Zayna, I want to get in and see what these groups are about and what they're doing. So I'm in a few groups on uh, Facebook uh, of clinicians. And there's, I, I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm watching and I, I really want people to remember why they got into this field. Mm. I became a therapist because I believe that I grew up in a community and I don't think my community is the only one like this, where church is pushed above all, right? So we're going to go to God. We're not going to talk to any else about our problems. To experience some type of mental health is, issue is to be isolated, is to be alienated, um, is to have people think that you're weird, you don't belong. And it's, it's not any of those things. And so I wanted to shift that stigma. I wanted to re- replace that taboo and then let's, let's talk about it. Because Black people, we have a lot of things going on in our lives. Things show up very differently in our lives because for years and years and years, things have been modeled to our parents, their parents, their parents, and it came on down to us as to how we react in certain situations. We need to talk about these things. So I, I remember my why. My why is what got me through my dissertation. But I am sitting in these groups and y'all, these folks are bitter. Like, and I get being burnt out. I get being overworked. This is a pandemic. People have been battling with insurance companies um, for reimbursement. Clinicians have been just wanting to get paid overall for providing virtual health sessions. I understand being overworked. I understand burnout. But when you're that apathetic that someone posts oh, well, this client showed up, this client scheduled, and then they ended up having to cancel. Uh-uh, cancel them, charge them, double the rate, like all these things. Who are you serving? Who are the people that you're serving? Have we thought about why they canceled? Now, I get respect. I understand setting boundaries, but at the same time, 
I need these folks to have some grace. And again, remember your why. Remember who you're serving. Because I see a lot of, oh, I need my money, my money, my money. Baby, y'all in the wrong field. Y'all want them coins. We all need to jump in Dr. Barb Med School bag because mm-hmm. this isn't. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, future neurosurgeon. Here yes. he is. Manifesting <laughs> and speaking in. That's it. That's all. Listen. Listen, and you can build, I'm not saying you can't build a successful practice and have money, but like, if this is all you're in this for, then you're in the wrong profession. And I need y'all to stop talking, having these conversations in these groups where there are younger clinicians, younger interns who are seeing this. That's disgusting. It's unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Remember your why or get out the field, period, for me. And that's that on that on that on that. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't said that in so long. You're going to make me bring it back. Okay. But you know what? Piggybacking off of you, Ty, like me and a, a few people that I know, we have been looking for therapists and we've been having such a hard time finding a therapist. Not only people that fit our needs and fit what we really want to accomplish with therapy, but like just insurance and cost in general. Like, I went through this whole period of trying to find a therapist and everyone that I found that I wanted to have an initial conversation with after that initial conversation, or sometimes I didn't even get to the initial conversation and they were like, I don't take insurance right now, or I only take this specific insurance, or it was just very, it was, uh, it was inaccessible. Is it inaccessible? Unaccessible? Inaccessible. It just wasn't, it wasn't attainable. And I'm just like, you want me to pay $175 a session. You want me to pay $150 a session. You're not taking any insurance, but you say you're here to help X, Y, and Z identities. Like, it just wasn't, I just couldn't make sense of it. And this was not my original rant, but I'm just going to go ahead and flow with this because I, it really it really disheartened me because I'm a person that that experiences extreme mental health issues and I need to talk with someone that's just period. And so me trying to find a black woman, me trying to find a young black woman who can relate to my experiences and and someone I feel comfortable with and all these different things. And I'm going to these different therapists and they're not taking insurance. And a part of me understands it because it's like we are in a pandemic. Maybe they have some things going on. You want to be able to get your money right then and there. You don't want to have to go through insurance. I'm sure that that is a hassle. Also, you are in the field of therapy. Like you are in the field of helping people and you are providing a service that is inaccessible to folks and it's not even just like 25 percent of my clients I, I use insurance and the other other 75 I can count of the 75 I'm gonna you know just have them pay me straight out no it's like I'm not taking insurance indefinitely like it, it was just baffling to me my best friend had the same experience where she was talking to these different therapists and trying to find somebody and people weren't taking insurance or um, if they were taking insurance, it was like a very specific insurance that most people don't have, or it was just, it was inaccessible. It just was inaccessible. And it made me, it made, it gave me more anxiety about finding a therapist than actually going to therapy. And now I'm at the point where I kind of don't even want to look anymore. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating you telling me no, and I'm anticipating it being inaccessible. And I'm anticipating me looking forward to talking to you and you telling me like, wow, I would really love to work with you also, 220 a session. Like, what I'm yeah. gonna do with that? So yeah. eventually I'm gonna get back on the horse and try to find somebody because I really do need a therapist. Um, but it just, it's just disheartening. It's sad. Yeah, definitely, definitely hear that. Um, hopefully the journey 
uh, changes yeah. and that opportunities present itself that, you know, afford you the opportunity to get back into therapy. Um, I know there are, and time maybe speak more to this, I don't know, Black Girls Therapy or Black Girls Do Therapy and other resources I know some people use, but kind of like what Zana said, even using those resources, you can still meet therapists that aren't willing to work with everyone's financial situation. So that's the disheartening portion of it all. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess this brings us to our affirmations for the week. Um, this week, I'm going to use Alex L's um, affirmations again. Um, again, I, I just think that her affirmations are always so on point, at least for me. So hopefully it resonates with you all as well. So here we go. I can be kind and set healthy boundaries. I deserve to be loved unconditionally. I can be independent and still need or want help. I'm learning to allow my pain to teach me, not to harden me. I am committed to loving and trusting myself. I would choose myself even when rejection is hard. Um, And she also has two um, books out called The Encouraged Journal. Um, as well as After the Rain, where she has published a lot of her uh, meditations that you all should check out. Um, I have them. They're helpful for me, so hopefully they're equally helpful for y'all. And that is another episode, y'all.